Welcome to episode one of the Dreamcast, a podcast created by the students of the Otis Music Camp in Macon, Georgia. Each episode of the Dreamcast will feature stories and conversations with exceptional artists from our hometown of Macon, Georgia and around the world. Sitting in the morning sun. You know his music. More than 50 years after his untimely death, it remains the soundtrack of our lives. People around the world celebrate the great Otis Redding, but fewer know about the legendary singer's devotion to educating children. In episode one of the Dreamcast, we will take an in-depth look at the Otis Redding Foundation, an organization devoted to Otis Redding's dream of progress through education and enlightenment through music. In the summer of 1966, Otis Redding was at the height of his fame. During a brief break in his touring schedule, Redding invited busloads of kids from Macon and surrounding communities to his sprawling ranch in Jones County, Georgia, for a day of workshops, readings, and music making. This initial version of the Otis Music Camp was a success, but it would take 40 years for his educational vision to take its true form as his daughter, Carla Redding Andrews, explained to us. My name is Carla Redding Andrews, and I am Vice President and Executive Director of the Otis Redding Foundation, as well as I co-manage the estate of Otis Redding with my mother, Zama Redding, um, and that means handling all of the um, uses for name, image, and likeness for the legendary Otis Redding, including his catalog of, of music. So yeah, I do both of those things out of this office. We asked her how it feels to shoulder the burden of Otis Redding's incredible legacy. It's a, it's a heavy burden, um, only because, you know, my father's legacy is, is just so positive in every sense of the word. There, there's nothing tarnished about his brand or his name. Um, his image. And so perfection is, is what we, we have to do even on protecting his legacy side and as well as through the foundation, which is something that was established in his honor uh, because he was already planning to do uh, a camp for kids um, and had already done his first camp in 1966. So, um, you know, when, when, when it was tasked upon us to recreate um, the footprint for what he had set out to do. Uh, we, we knew exactly what it was to be, uh, and we, we knew exactly how he would do it. And so that's what we work towards every single day to make sure that we do it the way he would want it done. Our correspondent, Otis Music Camp student Christopher Timothy, asked Otis Redding's grandson, Justin Andrews, about carrying on Otis Redding's legacy. Uh, yeah, Justin, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, my name's Chris. Uh, what is it like living within the legacy of Otis Redding? You know, obviously you're part of the family, but what is it like getting to shoulder everything he was trying to accomplish while he was still here? Uh, honest with you, man, it's a, it's a lot, man, um, to be honest with you. Um, of course, number one, you are continuing um, the legacy of one of the most influential artists in history. Um, on one end, and then the other end, you are, you know, running a, a, a nonprofit foundation um, and that we want to expand. 
We went further, asking Justin what people ask when they find out that he's related to the legendary singer. And then when someone finds out, you know, who I am, a member of the family, so on and so forth, their next question is, can you sing? And I go, no. And then their next response after that is, oh, I know you can sing, Otis can sing. And I was like, genes don't transfer to everybody. 40 years after Redding's untimely death in 1967, the first Otis music camp began in Macon. Carla Redding Andrews described the first year of the Otis Music Camp in 2007 at the Georgia Music Hall of Fame building. Yeah, and that was uh, probably about uh, 7,000 square speed, feet of space where all of the artifacts and memorabilia on Otis Redding was dis on display at the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. And we knew we needed to tie it to more than just the legacy of, of, of him as an artist and, and him as um, a, a composer and a businessman, we wanted to tie it back to education. So um, we knew that would be important for him because that's what he wanted to do. Uh, education was a key component of, of his life, pushing that effort. And so therefore we decided we'd do the first Otis Music Camp. We started with about seven kids. Um, you know, it was just sign up. It wasn't any requirements. It was just have a love for music. And uh, so we started out with seven and here we are with 65 plus today that we service when we were in our physical capacity, of course, virtual, we had to do less, but yeah, look how it's grown um, from, mm. from just seven to 65 plus with a waiting list. The Otis Music Camp has helped students create music and learn about the music industry for over 10 years, carrying on the mission that Otis Redding dreamed in the 1960s. Our correspondent Jocelyn asked about the dream that Otis Redding believed in so deeply. Hey, Miss Carla, I was wondering, what is it like and what does it mean to you that you were, you and your family were able to keep this dream of his and his spirit burning so bright and making? Oh, it means so much, Jocelyn. You know, um, and I, I got to be honest with you, for years, you know, um, living, living under. Um, under the shadows of a legend like my dad, I really kind of fought um, trying to do things because I didn't want people to to judge that I was just doing things because I was Otis Redding's daughter. And um, finally, I said to myself, you're crazy. It's an honor to be Otis Redding's daughter. And if people can walk throughout Macon and all around the world and want to know more about him and do things in his honor and speak so highly of him, I should be the first one to do it. And um, so, you know, to be able to work with my family on a daily basis, not only for uh, the professional side of my dad, but also to work, you know, right here on the philanthropic arm of what we do in this community, um, it, it means so much. And, and we've touched so many kids, you know, to be able to support Roderick Cox to become an orchestra conductor who's living in Berlin right now and doing so well. Um, and when you see success stories like that, um, yeah, my dad would have had those success stories come out of here 10 times over. Um, so I am honored, really, my family and I are honored to be able to do what we do every day. And it's it's not like work for us, you know, it's it's more like this is what you have to do because this is what your dad lost his life for. So you need to do this and you need to do your best at all times. And that's what we do. I've got dreams 
Otis Redding traveled the world during his career, but always came back to Middle Georgia and had a deep commitment to Macon. My my father's uh, footprint in Macon is is huge, and he's so well respected. Uh, and even if he were alive today, he would be right here in Macon. Um, we probably still have an office on Cotton Avenue, which is where his office was at 535 Cotton Avenue, right up the street from where we are, actually. And um, I know that it will probably be a whole music and arts, uh, 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 a whole wing of that on top of his business day to day dealings. And, you know, Macon has been so supportive of every single thing that we set out to do in honor of Otis Redding, from a statue that sits right on the Okmogee River uh, to naming the bridge uh, as you go into uh, Interstate 16 um, and to, to having this space here on Cotton Avenue that, that just kind of epitomizes what my dad um, would have wanted. He would have still been right here. In addition to his own music, Otis Redding inspired other artists in Macon, like the Allman Brothers. They were influencers of each other, you know? Yeah. My, my dad influenced the brothers to do what they they did for so many years, and I think Greg has often stated that was his first concert, and when he saw my dad on stage, he just knew what he wanted to do, you know? That, that tenacity that my hat, dad had to own the stage really drove Gregory Alvin to do and to be what exactly he was. Macon's footprint of, of musical history is just so vast. And not only is it vast from the past, but it's so vast even here in the current. I mean, I look at the, the campers that we have, how everyone's so diverse and so different, but when it all comes to, to the bottom line, we all work together for the same common goal, and that's some great artistic music. We were curious to learn more about Otis Redding's devotion to education. It was so crucial. Um, it was a time when, you know, my dad started a campaign with with his um, recording agency, Facts, and they did a campaign to encourage kids to stay in school. Uh, mm -hmm. And there's an actual song called Stay in oh, School. Yeah. We have to play a bit of this educational classic. Hi, this is the big O, Otis Redding. I was just standing here thinking about you. Thought I'd write a song about you and dedicate it to you. Take a listen. If you didn't go back to school this year, you're really not groovy. Maybe you feel that school is a drag, it just don't move you. But did you ever think about how square you look standing in an employment line because school didn't interest you? You really hard to think about it. Without an education, you could only be a tramp. No guy shoes, no haircut, just plain old country. Um, and, and one thing that my grandparents, my dad's parents, pushed was the importance of an education. Well, my dad get, didn't get to finish school, but he always surrounded himself with people who were able to teach him. So it's almost like... Um, even though I didn't finish school, I have this person here who's still educating me um, on, on words and language and syllables and things of that nature. 
And when it came down to it, he was just, he was brilliant. I mean, he was mm-hmm. just a brilliant man. Um, and my uncle Rogers, which is my dad's only brother, tells this funny story all the time that when they would go, cause he was like his road manager for a while, but when they would go into meetings uh, to talk about a contract or a deal, my uncle would always take a dictionary with him. Mm-hmm. And if my dad gave him some symbol, some sign, of a word that he didn't understand, he was to get up, leave the room, go to the bathroom, and take out that dictionary and find out what that word meant. Our correspondent, Christopher Timothy, related his experience as a camper to Carla Redding Andrews and highlighted the business knowledge that all Otis Music Camp students learn in addition to music. Uh, To touch on that, you know, as a previous camper and as a current camper, you know, um, me having, I think I came into the camp at maybe like 13 or 14, and all I did at the time was I played a little bit of saxophone and I knew I wanted to do something with it. But for you guys, all of the coaches, all the staff to take us and really not just help us mold our craft, but also encourage us to spread out into different lanes while also teaching us how to protect what it is that we make, you know, bringing in those people from BMI and from ASCAP. Uh, it's helped me so much. Uh, it's taught me uh, much more than I feel like I could have done on my own. And just understanding everything about the music business instead of just performance or just management or just production is just something I feel like every musician or artist uh, should have the pleasure of going well, through and experiencing. Well, thank you, experience. Christopher. That means a lot. Um, you know, sometimes I know that I, I we we put the schedule together and it's almost just like, you know, learn on top of learn on top of learn and there's topic on top of topic. But, you know, all in all, it all all ties together. And it, like I said, it doesn't only tie to music. It's, it's real life experiences that you will have as you venture out in, into the world, whether you stick with music or you stick with engineering or, or producing or even just being a studio musician playing saxophone if you decide to do that you've still got to know how to protect yourself and to protect your work um and that's one of the most important things i think my my dad knew that and he he didn't he may not have had all of the the learnings or the but he but he had the basic common sense enough to know that i did this so i get the credit not you (laughs) I i might share some of it with you but um, all in all, I should get the credit and protect my work. And that's one of the things that's, that's so important about the Otis Music Camp. You know, we can't stress that enough. And that's why every single year we go back over it again, because as, as years progress, things change, laws change, copyright laws change, and you got to stay on top of all of that stuff. And, and actually, to be honest with you, Christopher, when we do these camps, not only are you all learning, but the coaches, and I'm learning as well. I mean, there are things about the industry that I still don't know, um, that I still have to ha- happen to stumble upon every single day. But whatever I know, I hope that I'm able to, to encourage or to motivate each of you to take it with you. We asked one more question to Otis Redding's grandson. Justin Andrews about what he thinks the Big O would think of the Otis Redding Foundation's work. Oh, he'd be super into it. I I really think he would be super proud of it. Um, You know, he was already 
um, before you pass wanted to do um, like a music camp like we do. But, you know, it's great that we can um, pick it up and the rest of his family can pick it up and we can shoulder that burden and we can we can put on this camp. We ended our interview by asking Miss Carla about what she envisions next for the Otis Music Camp and the foundation. So, Miss Carla, could you tell us a little bit about what's next for the Otis Music Camp and for the foundation? You know, obviously, as you said, this year we had to go virtual due to the coronavirus. But um, in the event that that goes away by next year, what's the plan? Yeah, so next year, you know, we, we, we had big plans. Um, you know, we've always been on someone else's space. Um, you know, we, we, we went from the Georgia Music Hall of Fame over to Mount DeSales Academy, and then we went to Mercer and are still welcome on the campus of Mercer University. But my goal, um, our, our three to five year plan, uh, which now we're into almost a year, uh, a year and a half, almost two years, is to build a performing arts facility uh, where we can house the camp as well as have our year round music education programs, after school programs every day that not only involve my camper, my, young, my older camper age 12 to 18, but also to be able to take those kids 5 to 11 uh, and engulf them in music and the arts. So we need we need about a 10 to 15,000 square foot space, which we're recruiting and searching for right now, um, and to build it with dance and, and engineering and photography and film and all of the facets of, of the, the music and arts culture. And that's what we got to do. We want to be able to bring forth the next Otis Redding to come out of that Performing Arts Academy. Um, you know, I think that Macon is the song and soul of the South. I've always said that. Our Convention and Visitors Bureau came up with that tagline and it's so perfect for Macon because that's what we are. And um, I think if we are able to build that facility and have kids come after school every single day till about 7, 7.30 while their parents get off work and we do exactly what we do through the Otis Music Camp as well as continue to have the Otis Music That's That's the dream. That's my dream and the dream of my board um, who are very adamant about getting that done. Thank you for listening to episode one of the Dreamcast. The Otis Redding Foundation would like to thank the following people and organizations for their continuous support. The Otis Redding Estate, the Otis Redding Foundation, the Knight Foundation, Georgia Council for the Arts, the Community Foundation of Central Georgia, the United Way of Central Georgia. This episode was created using Soundtrap.com. The Dreamcast is produced by Jamie Alilaw and Matt Miller with student journalists Gina Branch, Christopher Timothy, Hayden Nichols, and Jocelyn Rowley. Our theme music was composed and performed by Zach Wilson. This episode also featured music by the artist Alaz. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Stay tuned for more episodes of The Dreamcast.